And welcome everybody to Haunting Live Podcast this week. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you tuning in each and every week right here on our YouTube channel. And we are live right now on YouTube. So thank you very much for watching. If you haven't yet, please feel free to hit that subscribe button. Also like our videos that we post because that helps us out a lot here. We have noticed lately a bunch of new subscribers. So we appreciate that very much for sure. And uh, yeah, don't forget to check us out and uh, subscribe if you're watching live here today. Um, but today we do have a very special guest here for you. Uh, we have Spirit Medium Daniel and he's going to be talking to us today about his journey and what he does with Spirit and all that. So uh, let's bring in Daniel today. Hi Daniel, how are you? I'm good Trevor, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for being here on Haunting Live this week. I really appreciate you taking your time and joining us today. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I here. Um, I talked to you briefly already, um, so you sound really interesting and you have a lot of interesting things you want to talk about. But first of all, um, tell us a little bit about how you got into mediumship and what drew you into it. Oh, sure. Um, so in the very beginning, uh, I've seen spirit ever since I was probably three or four years old. Um, my parents and I, plus my two brothers and my sister, we grew up in a state in the United States called New Jersey. and uh, it was right along the Delaware River. In that little town was a battlefield. And that, and that battlefield is where the Hessians fought. So uh, there, was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of death there as well. Uh, there was a little hospital on there. And uh, so all the homes within that area of that hospital and that, and that battlefield were haunted. Uh, so much so that... Uh, I remember a time when my sister was getting ready for school one morning and my mom was helping her and they were in the bathroom and they went to look in this, this full length mirror that was on the door. And when they did, there was another woman standing in the mirror and she had on a colonial outfit. Um, there were times when ashtrays and glasses would fly off the tables. Uh, this, was, this was back in the, uh, in the 70s, early 70s. And uh, my sister, who lived on the, uh, it was a, what is it, a big house, but it did have three floors. It was a upstairs, a middle, and then a, uh, and then a down, uh, like a basement. And my brothers and I were downstairs, and my sister, she, uh, in her room, she had a record player. So back in those days, you had to pick the record up, and you put it on this post, and you hit a, a little switch, and it dropped the record down. <clears throat> my brothers and I were downstairs watching TV. And my, my sister's record player would turn on. But the tricky part about it was it would play different records. So whatever was in that room was picking records up off of it and putting other ones on it and then playing it. <clears throat> so uh, we saw things all the time. We saw the, uh, uh, there were three shadows in that house that they, we saw them all throughout the house. Uh, I remember I had a, a friend over to the house one time because 
when they when everyone around the uh, in that town the town was only a square mile so everybody knew each other when they would hear these stories they would want to come over and check it out for themselves so my friend came over and we were in the kitchen eating a sandwich and then the stereo just turned on and it turned on real loud and i just walked over to turn it off and he freaked out ran out of the house and never came back um Eventually, my mom and dad and I, we moved out. My brothers and sisters moved out. Um, we, my mom and dad and I came down to Delaware, but my brother, he bought the house. Uh, and he, had, he was out, um, his friends came over to the home and they were knocking on his door. And there's a big picture window in front. And they're knocking on the door and then look in the window to see if anybody's home. And they see people walking around inside the home. So they keep knocking on the door and then they call him up on the phone and they said, hey, are you going to come to the door? We're at the front door. And my brother said, no, we're not home. We're on a camping trip. <clears throat> so, so people were walking around the home, but they see the people, but it's, it's, no, it's their spirit. So my mom and dad and I came down to Delaware and lived in, a, in this town called Milford, right across the cross town from where I'm at now. And um, they no longer were seeing anything, but I was. I continued to see things. Uh, I was playing in a band at one time. Um, I was around 21 years old playing in a band. Um, back This is back in the 80s. You know, I had big hair. I had uh, the zebra stripe spandex, you know, so I looked apart. Uh, I came home from a gig, <clears throat> laid down in bed. And when I did, something laid down next to me. That happened like three or four times. The pillow would squish down, everything. I finally rolled over to see what it was. And when I did that fifth time, uh, whatever was there picked up the blanket that I had on me and it picked it up and brought it up to the ceiling and then it shook it above me and then it dropped it on me. <clears throat> so was, so this, uh, was this something that you kind of had the ability of since you were a young kid then, or is it something that you grew into? Um. I think I had it, but I wasn't aware of it is what the case was. It's just I would uh, I would see things all the time, but just thought I was able to because because I grew up with it, because everyone else in my family was able to see these things as well. I just I felt like that that I just grew up that way and this was normal for us. <clears throat> so uh, but since my mom and dad were no longer seeing anything, I thought it was kind of strange, but I just figured again, maybe my, cause my brothers and sisters still lived up in New Jersey. I figured maybe they're still staying stuff, you know, and I was, uh, and my sister did, my sister still saw some stuff as well. So and, uh, the only ones who really came out of it with anything later on in life were m me and my sister, uh, but not so much her, more me. So yeah, still being here in that home in Milford, I there was times I was in in the bedroom uh, with my girlfriend watching TV and she was at the foot of the bed and I was at the other bed and then as we're watching TV this big white thick thing about five feet long and about two feet thick snaked its way out of the closet and went all the way across the room and then it just disappeared and then my girlfriend said to me did you, she turned around she said did you see that I said yeah I saw that let's get out of here uh, there was another time when my grandfather was living with us and he was up visiting my uncle 
he was gone for two weeks and I was in his room looking at pictures of my grandmother who had passed away two, two years before that. And uh, I was laying on his bed looking at pictures and I was starting to fall asleep. <clears throat> and I heard this squeaking noise and I kept looking, kept getting up like, what the hell is it? And then I heard it again one more time. And I, when I sat up, my grandfather's rocking chair was rocking back and forth. And my grandmother who had passed away was in it. And she was sitting there rocking back and forth. And then I was looking at her like, and she turned around, looked at me and saw my face and just went, had that surprise <gasps> look. And when she did, disappeared, just gone. So these types of things were happening everywhere I went. I, I, could, I would be driving in a car and I'd get a cold chill up my spine. And all I had to do was turn around. And, and there it was, as soon as I turned around, I was driving past a, a, a graveyard. Uh, so I was picking up on everything around me all the time. And this went on from in my 20s, 30s, 40s, <clears throat> all kinds of crazy instances all the time, just seeing everything. I even had a friend who wanted me to come to his house because he knew that I picked up on these things. And uh, so he wanted me to check out his house for them. Uh, so <clears throat> right before I turned 50 is when everything took a turn. My, uh, my now wife was leaving to go to uh, visit her daughter in, in California. So uh, she went away for two weeks. <clears throat> in that two weeks that she was gone, I saw everything in this home that I'm in right now that you could ever imagine that was scary, that you could picture in a scary movie. I was, saw, I was seeing seven foot skeletons walk around the house. I was seeing green and red mist pouring out of the walls. Uh, and when it was pouring out of the walls, these little creatures were walking out of the walls and coming onto the bed where I was laying. <clears throat> I saw skulls floating out of the walls and the skulls had red eyes and fangs. Uh, I saw a cloud coming out of the corner of the room. And each time it came out, it came out a different color. It came out red, green, yellow, blue, orange, gray, and then it came out uh, blue with black stripes, red with black stripes, clean, green with black stripes, each time, every night. It was just something different every night. <clears throat> I saw a, uh, a cloud form above the bed. And a lot of stuff happened in the bedroom, <clears throat> but it was happening throughout the house as well. But in the bedroom, I was laying there and this cloud formed above the bed. And then the cloud opened up in this wall of blackness. I couldn't even see through it because it was just black. So the, and the wall was right there and I, and this blackness. And then I saw a skeleton arm come out and then another one came out, but the arms didn't have any hands on it. And it pulled the body through and the skeleton body and the skeleton was looking through, looking around the room. And the skeleton had, the eyes were bigger and the mouth was bigger. It was, it was kind of strange. <laughs> It went on for about five minutes and then it went up over top of me and then it went behind me and then it left. <clears throat> I was down in the basement going to get my cat and my cat was on the couch and I said, come on, buddy, it's time to come upstairs. And he looked at me and he looked to his right and then I looked to my left and then that's where I saw it. This, this wall of blackness appeared in the middle of the room, just opened up. And then you know this guy, this man walked out of the wall and he had a big wide rim black hat on 
had a long black coat. I didn't see his face, but I could see his facial features. And he walked out of that wall and walked across the floor and went and disappeared. But the strange part about it was, is when he was walking, he didn't have any feet, just walking. So I saw the hat man. But I see the hat man on a regular basis now, all the time. And I will explain later why he's here. Because I talked to him and he talks to me. <clears throat> so uh, all this stuff was happening. My wife finally comes back from her trip and she tells me about her adventures. And then I tell her about mine. Now, she's a nurse. And so in our bedroom, we had it all blacked out so she could sleep during the daytime because she works at night. She just figured because I'm diabetic, she figured that uh, maybe the medicine I was taking was giving me some type of diabetic uh, uh, issue, some uh, psychosis or something. I was seeing things and hallucinating until about three days later after she was back that she started seeing all the same things. So it freaked her out. So uh, we started seeking out help for it. Uh, I tried to get a priest to come here to do an exorcism or, or something. Uh, they didn't want to come at all. They don't do. They said they don't do that stuff, but it's okay because uh, that stuff is bullcrap anyway. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, uh, we reached out and had a paranormal group come to the home. Uh, they came to the home, and here's the thing: when they got here, they showed up in their van with their little insignia on the side of the van, and all I could think was, I don't want to be this kind of famous, because now everybody in my neighborhood is going to think something's going on here, like. Blair Witch Project is happening at the home that they live next to. Unknowingly to them, it still goes on to this the very day. It goes on every day. Uh, but luckily to them, my wife and I are actually moving to Arizona, so I, I will take it with me because they, because they come with me because everywhere I go, they are. So, uh, <clears throat> so they did all kinds of uh, tests in the home. They wanted to do it at nighttime. They set up these little boxes that had wires on them and little lights on them. They put them by the doorways. And I asked, what do they do? And he said, well, he rubbed his hand on the couch and he waved his hand and they all lit up, blue, blue, made this noise. I was like, that's pretty neat. And he said, yeah, it's from static electricity. The spirit produced that. I said, he said, if something walks past it, these will light up, but we'll know where they are. So we'll, we start filming. And I was like, okay. And, uh, it was a girl, she was taking digital pictures, a guy who was asking questions, another guy had a video camera, and then another guy was asking questions, he was just observing. And uh, so they put those boxes around, um, they wanted to walk around the house. Uh, she was taking the digital photos. Uh, she was taking so many photos that she walked up to one of the guys and said, hey, you gotta see this. And I was standing there, I was like, what did you get? She's like, well, we're not supposed to tell you until the big reveal. But uh, she says, you have to see this, Mr. Jackson. This is crazy. I said, why? She said, well, she showed me a picture. And it was the guy who, uh, who was across the room. He was just standing there, nothing. And then I'm standing next to him. And when I'm standing next to him, I have 15 or 20 light orbs completely surrounding me. Every picture of me has light orbs in it. Every picture of somebody else, nothing. <clears throat> so they um they said where does a lot of activity go on i said well a lot of it's in the bedroom let's go in there so they said okay i walked through the doorway and as soon as i walked through every one of those boxes went bloop and lit up 
And I turned around and looked back at them and they're looking at me and I was like, what happened? And they said, I don't know. We'll walk through and see what happens. They walked through, nothing. <clears throat> they want to go in the, they want to go in the closet. One guy says, I feel drawn to go in the closet. He walks in there. He's not in there for 20 seconds and all of a sudden he starts getting sick. He comes out of the closet. It goes away and he says, well, maybe it was just me. And I said, all right, well, let's go back in there because it's a big walk-in closet. He walks in, he got sick again. He had walked right back out. <clears throat> I go in, doesn't affect me. We're talking, I'm telling them what's going on in the room. They said, well, we're gonna do an experiment in here later because apparently a lot of stuff's going on in here. I said, okay. I walk through the bedroom doorway again. They all light up again. I turn around and look at them. They walk through, nothing. They want to go down into the basement. I said, okay, because there's stuff that goes on down there. We go downstairs. They said, man, it just feels heavy down here. I said, well, that's the way it feels all the time ever since I saw that thing come through that blackness. We're walking around. I'm standing there, and there's this big mirror down there. It's, it's leaning against the wall. It's on the floor. And I'm standing in front of it, and the guy walks over to me and starts talking to me. I walk away, and he says, Hey, hey, Mr. Jackson, you come back here a second? I said, sure, what's up? He said, stand right here again. I was like, okay. So I stand there. I said, why? He said, just kind of turn your head around and look at that mirror. I turn my head around. The mirror is shaking. It's vibrating. And he said, now walk away again. I said, okay. <clears throat> I walk away, and he's still standing there, and it just stops. He says, come back again. I stand in front of it again. It starts shaking again. He said, what is going on? I said, I don't know. You're the expert. You tell me. He said, I couldn't tell you what's happening here. He said, well, let's go in that back room because it's, it's super dark in there. We have lights in there, but it's not much. But we turn them off. We all go in there. He said, let's do an experiment. He said, everybody turn the cameras off. Everybody turn everything off. And let's hit the lights. It's pitch black in there. You can't even see each other in there. And they say, one guy says, is there anybody in here? And all of a sudden you hear from above us in the, in the ceiling. <clears throat> and I was like, and then you hear with somebody, one of the guys said, did anybody hit, touch anything? Anybody? I was like, I didn't touch anything. Nope. Okay. Let me check again. I want to ask again, is there anybody in here? And then you hear it again. And then all of a sudden, on the floor, a light goes, whoop, turns on, turns off. And he says, <clears throat> do you have any lights on the floor? I said, you're standing on a carpet. Where would I put lights? There's no lights. My wife's standing over by the light switch. She turns it on. They're looking all around. I said, there's no lights. And he's like, all right, well, <clears throat> they asked the question again, and nothing happened. So we left. <clears throat> we went upstairs and they said they wanted to try another test. I said, what do you want to do? He said, well, we have this thing called an ovulus, a, a spirit box. And I was like, okay. He said, I want you to go in the bedroom. I want you to lay down and pretend you're sleeping. And then we're going to come in with this thing. And I said, okay. So I go do that. I lay down. They come in. They turn it on. Put it on there, and before they even set it down, it starts spitting out words. 
It said Wendy, Paul, Michael, Helen. And then it said uh, unique, special, energy, light. One time it said the word road, like a street. It said in that computer voice, it said road. And when it said that, a car went mm, right past my house. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> that was crazy. <clears throat> they started asking this thing questions and went on for 10 minutes. And the thing about it was, one of the questions they asked, they said, are you here to harm Daniel? And then it came out and it said, no, we are not here to harm Daniel. We love Daniel. We love his light. We love the energy. And then it said, Daniel is the light. And I said, I thought to myself, what the heck's it mean that Daniel's the light? So yeah, they asked this thing for 10, 10 minutes and it, it just kept spitting out stuff. It was talking to them. everything they asked. It answered it immediately. <clears throat> they leave the room. I figure, I guess this is done. I get up, I get out of the room. See my wife standing there. They're standing in the huddle. <clears throat> and I said, uh, what's going on here? She said, I don't know. They're talking about something. They turn around and I said, uh, you caught all that, didn't you? you that was a lot because, I, I mean, I'm looking for answers. And they said, yeah, we, we, we got it, but uh, there's an issue. And I said, what's the issue? And they said, well, we can get that thing to say words once in a while. But there's an issue. I said, what's the issue? He said, it never says sentences. That thing said sentences for full 10 minutes. We asked the questions and answered. I said, yeah, but it didn't sound like it was bad stuff. He said, no, but it never does that. I said, okay. He said, well, we're going to come back in two weeks with a big reveal. And we'll let you know what's going on. Great. Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks goes by. Nothing. I finally get a hold of them. And I, when I got, call him up, I said, so when are you coming back for the big reveal? He said, we're not coming back. And I said, why are you not coming back? He said, because when we walked out on your front lawn, everybody in the team quit. And I was like, okay, what do you mean by that? He said, they left. They're quitting the team. That's the reason why we're not coming back. He said, because they don't want to come back into your house. They're too scared to come back into your house. And I was like, well, could you come back and explain all this stuff? He said, I don't feel comfortable coming back in your house. I said, but it wasn't anything horrible. He said, no, but we've never experienced anything like that before ever. He said, we've been together for five years. I've never got that kind of information out of one home. He said, it usually takes 10 or 15 homes to get all that information. He said, we got so much stuff. We can't explain that. And I was like, well, that's not helping me. He says, I'm sorry about that. I said, yeah, maybe you guys ought to get into a different profession because you're not helping anybody. So um, he wouldn't come back. So I ended up reaching out to mediums instead because I didn't want to do another paranormal group. Because, you know, here's the thing. I didn't need to know if I had spirit in my house. I know that. I needed to know why I have him in my house. So uh, so I reached out to mediums. Uh I ended up meeting five of them, talking to five of them, but met one of them in person. Uh, I, she, when I told, when I told, talked to her a little bit, she said, "You ought to come to one of my shows so you can, so you can see how I do things." I, I didn't figure that out at first, what she meant by that. So I did. I, I bought some tickets. My wife and I went to the show. I didn't tell her I was coming, to which show I was coming to. 
So uh, we go to the show. I walk in. And as soon as I walk in, she does this. She goes. And she stares at me and watches me walk through that room and then sit down. And I was like, she said, my wife said, did you tell her we were coming? I said, no, she doesn't know what I look like. I don't know what she's doing. I'm just going to sit here. So she ended up reading eight people, and I was the second one. Uh, when it came for me, I, I didn't volunteer. She just said, spirit, are coming in, and they're telling me things. I want you, if, I, if it makes sense to you, stand up and raise your hand and let me know. So, and the spirit that came through was my dad. He passed away. It was at, uh, about six years at that point, six, seven years. And uh, when he came through, he said, uh, she said, I have a spirit came through. His name's Robert, goes by Bob, but also goes by Robert. Uh, show me a business suit. He shows me also white t-shirts and or flannel shirts. Uh, he's also showing me uh, a school bus. Uh, what looks like prison bars and somebody with uh, uh, looking like medical, like a doctor. And I stood up and I said, I think that's me. And she said, why? I said, well, um, my dad's name is Robert, but he goes by Bob. Uh, he wore T-shirts, white T-shirts and flannel shirts all the time. I have a picture of him right here on my phone. <clears throat> and uh, and, uh, and uh, the school bus and the bars and all that. I just went back to school for medical records and I work in a prison and that just happened recently. And she's like, okay. And, uh, and uh, so uh, she starts talking to me all this stuff. And then she says, who is Sarah? And I said, what do you mean, Sarah? My, I have a niece named Sarah. She said, no, Sarah, the one who had to make the big decision for your dad. She said, your dad fell down and, and that's, he's showing me that's how he passed away. I said, yeah, he fell down from blunt force trauma. Uh, he fell on some steps and it moved his brainstem. So uh, she said, well, who's Sarah to make the big decision? I said, Sarah. I said, that's my mom's middle name. She said, I said, she's the one I had to pull the plug. I said, yeah. And at that point, that's when I knew when all this stuff was actually real. Because <clears throat> she wouldn't have known anything. So she told me a story. She, when I, I, at the end of the show, I went down there and talked to her. And she's like, Daniel. Oh, Daniel, you're the one to call me on the phone a couple of weeks ago. I said, yes. She said, when you walked in the room, there's something about you that you don't know, I don't think. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I can see you the same way spirit sees you. You see a lot of spirit. I said, yes. Yeah. She said, but you see a lot of them, more than everybody else. I said, I, I don't know. I just see a whole lot of them, like a thousand of her day. She said, yes. Yeah. She said, you see them because they're coming to you. And I was like, okay, what's that supposed to mean? She said, you, to them, you look like a beacon of light. Spirit sees you and they see your light inside of you and they see your body frame. But they don't see that with you. I said, what do they see with me? She said, all I see and all they see is a ball of light. You look like a ball of light. And that's all they see. And they're coming to you. And I said, why are they coming to me? She said, because they think you're the light into heaven. And I was like, oh, well, that explains a lot because <laughs> they can't come up and talk to me all the time and say things to me. They want me to help them. <clears throat> they, they keep telling me they want me to help them to move along. And I, I, I don't know what to do with that. So uh, <clears throat> she said what I needed to do at that point was um, you need to go home and have a talk with God or the higher power, whichever it is, and, 
and decide what you're going to do. I said, what do you mean? She said, if you're going to move forward with it or you're going to push this ability away. And I said, well, she says, I know you don't want it to go away. I said, no, it's been my whole life. I said, but if I could help people with this or do something with this to help them, absolutely, I'll do something with it. She said, well, you need to go home and have a talk then. So I did. And I went home and my wife and I talked about it. And then I went in the bedroom and had a talk with God and talked to him about it. And said I would move forward and I would do anything that he wanted me to do. I don't care what it is. I'll do anything that he wants me to do. And then the very next day, everything changed. And then within a few months, all that scary stuff just faded away. The skeletons went right away. I was still seeing skulls, but the red eyes were gone. <clears throat> I was seeing other stuff as well. But then I started, I started asking for more. Um, and I was seeing faces at that point. Uh, I ended up um, meeting with a bunch of other women. I met some other people. They were all mediums, and they put this group together. And it was, it was me and five other women. And eventually, my wife came as well, because my, we found out my wife is an empath. Um, I was meeting with them for the first year of this, uh, what they call your journey. And I found out all kinds of abilities that I have that I did not realize I had, and now I'm able to use them. I talk to my spirit guides. They touch me for answers. I get touched on my face by different, what we would refer to as archangels. They are not men with wings. They do not have uh, shields and a sword, uh, and they are not fighting a battle in heaven. <clears throat> Why would they be fighting a battle in heaven? If we believe that all negative spirit are in hell, why would there be negative spirit in heaven? Because they don't go there. Well, they don't go there. Uh, is there hell? But no, there's not an actual hell. But So they're not fighting. So I see them. I'm getting touched. In the very beginning, I was getting touched by two specific ones. Now it's 16. Uh, throughout the years, it's come in more. Uh, so I was getting a, a, a man named... Manos, it was touching me here. Manos in Greek means God is with us. And I was getting one here named Helen. And Helen was one of the names that was spoken through on that spirit box, as well as Michael. Michael's here as well. And another one named Paul. I get these. <clears throat> Manos, Helen, uh, Raphael, Gabriel right here on my temple. Uriel touches me here. Michael touches me here. Paul touches me here. Helen has moved from here up to here now. It feels like she's rubbing my head. She touches me there. I have another Raphael that touches me here. I have a big famous one touches me right here down the center of my head. His name is Jesus. I have another one that touches me over here. Not the devil, angel with a bad rap. Lucifer. I have another one named Nicholas touches me here. I have another one. His name is Ansel touches me right here. Dri drips down my face here. Now, when they touch me and I feel those touches, it feels like blood's dripping across my face. I have another one that touches, pinches my eyebrow right here. His name is Daniel. I have another one named Jacob that touches me. It goes right here like that. I feel that go across here. I have another one named Richard that touches me on my eyelid here. I have another one named John touches me on my eyelid right here. John the Baptist touches me right there. 
And then I have one more that touches me. Um, oh, I have a, a Ezekiel that touches me right here as well. Uh, and then I have one more that touches me on my eyelid itself, uh, on that my on my eyelashes. Uh, I've only had that touch five times, and that's a big G-O-D. <clears throat> Whenever I'm getting touched for those answers, that's a yes. If I get a no, it feels like a tear running down my face. I only get one no, one, one spot for no. So I always know it's no. So that means when so spirit does come to me because they believe I'm the light in the heaven. Fortunately for them, I am. My soul keeps coming back over and over and over again because my soul, in order for the light of light of heaven to be here on this world, it has to be in a physical body to shine all the time. It keeps coming back from body when that body passes away into the next one it's supposed to come into. And then it comes into, and it came into me. Before it was in me, it was in my grandfather. My grandfather wanted to know when I was going to be born. He asked my mom and dad, when's it going to be born? My mom and dad had, I had two brothers and a sister. Didn't make a difference when they were born. He was like, yeah, happy. But <clears throat> he wanted to know when I was going to be born because he knew because he had this ability as well. And he knew that he was it. When I was born, my mom and dad called up and said, he's being born. You got to come to the hospital. They're, they're inducing labor now. And my grandfather got ready to come to the hospital and he had a heart attack and died. When he died, his soul left his body, came into mine. I didn't know that until I asked my spirit guides, who are archangels. So <clears throat> the spirit, the soul has to be in a physical body for two reasons. One, to shine all the time. And two, to physically cross them over. I see them. They come to me. They talk to me. They ask me questions. I need answers. I ask my spirit guides. They give me answers. I relay the answers back to the spirit, and then I cross them over through me. Any spirit that comes through the comes into the world and comes into a new body comes through a portal. Me. Anyone that leaves goes back home comes through that portal. Me. Anyone that comes here to visit the earth comes through me. Did I ask for it? No. It's just the soul. It's just the soul <clears throat> before me. It was in other bodies, other versions of me, just other versions. That's all. Uh, but again, did I ask for it? No, I just said yes to it. And then I had to either, I had to accept it. And I just I had. So uh, I crossed them over physically. When I crossed them over physically, it also becomes physical for everybody else. I was sitting in a room with my sister one time talking in a low lit room like this. And as we were talking, <clears throat> sometimes I have to do it physically. Sometimes they just do it on their own. And as we were talking, a big flash of light went off next to me. And she was like, what was that? I was like, oh, that was just somebody jumping in. She said, jumping in? What do you mean by that? I said, jumping in. She said, oh, crossing over. Because she knows. She, had, she knows a little bit about this. And I was like, yeah, they're just crossing over. She said, it was like lightning going off in this room. I said, well, what do you think happens when you cross over? You're... You're letting go of all that stuff and you're going over. And that's what happens. That's what it looks like. Just, She said, how often does that happen? I said, all day long. I said, I'm wherever I'm at. I see it. it just happens. And she says, how do you get used to that? I said, you remember when we were kids and mom and dad fed us green beans and 30 years later, we love green beans. You get used to it. 
So I see it all the time. So it goes, I'll be driving in my car and flashes a light going off, or I'll be driving in my car and I see light above me. You think the car light is on. It's not, it's just the light. So that's just when in, at nighttime, when I go to bed at night, I'll go to bed before my wife does. She comes into the bedroom. She doesn't need to use a nightlight because it's so dark in her. I glow. I physically glow at nighttime and she sees it. And other people see, have seen it as well. They just don't realize what it is because I don't go around telling everybody, but I do for this reason to teach people. So yes, so my soul is here to be the light that shines and to show spirit how to go to heaven. And uh, it, there's, there's only one light. It's in me. It's not in anybody else. And any spirit, anyone else who crosses spirit over into the light doesn't realize they're actually crossing them through me. Now, because of that, because I can ask them questions, my spirit guides, archangels, how many do I have with me? All of them. How many is all of them? We can't count that high. It's not like 12 or 14 and they say in the Bible, that's bull crap. And then and the names that we give them that are in the Bible, that's actually not their names. Because the name that you have right now is actually not your real name. Your real name, their real names is more of a sound vibrational thing. We can't pronounce it. You're not meant to pronounce it because we have these voice boxes. So as I said earlier, I was, as we were talking earlier, in my natural vision, I see blue, I see energy all the time. I see spirit all the time. It never goes away. It never turns off. I have to take a lot of medicine to go to sleep at night. But when I wake up in the day, throughout my entire day, I see spirit everywhere. I'm looking, there's a young lady who's standing right in front of me right now on the wall. So uh, as soon as I, if I pay attention to it for too long, that's when I start seeing things. <clears throat> I was at a, um, uh, yeah, so I just see everything all the time. It never goes away. Like we were talking about earlier, when I look at the stars at nighttime, the stars went away three and a half years ago. All I see is a blue black sky and people just walking around. I see the moon and that's it. And, uh, and just spirit, I see spirit everywhere. And it just never goes away. Yeah, that's an amazing story. And um, I'm sure that's <laughs> the story of your life. So that's what you've been through. And I appreciate very much that you shared that with us and with our audience here today it's um, it's, a, it lot must be, it's a lot to take in exactly and it's a lot for you to much to have had to learn to accept that too as well yes and, th and that's that's all came in the, in the past five years and learning to accept it learning to trust where the answers are coming from uh because when i get answers now it was it was like a couple here and there you know an answer would come in i i didn't know if that was really the answer or I was just relying on the touches for yes and no answers. And I would get other things, but now it's to the point where like if I'm driving in a car and I see something and I just start talking to myself in my mind, all of a sudden I get answered for it. And I'm like, what was that all about? And I said, I'm not, a, am I, I was just talking to myself and I got, no. I was like, so I'm never alone? No. So you're always here with me? Yes. And I was like, Okay. So I'm so I said I can ask questions anytime and get answers. Yes. Okay, and you'll always tell me the truth. Yes. Okay. I, I even do it to this point where I I'm I'll be riding down the street on my motorcycle and I'll say, "Okay, 
I'm going to take this right-hand turn. No. So you don't want me to take the right-hand turn? No. So should I go down to the next one and make a right-hand turn there? Yes. So that's what I do. So why? What was the reason they didn't want me to take that right-hand turn? I don't know. But I have to trust the fact that whatever they're bringing me the answers for, that it's for my best interest. And or if I'm answering questions for someone else, it's be, it's for their best interest. But again, the, the issue with that is when I give people answers, it's up to them to use their free will to decide whether or not what they're going to do with it. And sometimes they change their mind and turn it around. And when they try to turn it around, they think it's going to make it better. It doesn't. Exactly. So there's two sides to that too, right? Because you get your information, you get the answers that you want, but what do you do with that once you have it, right? Right. Right. Because, yeah, and, and then <clears throat> I get people, and here's the crazy thing that, that I find the craziest, Trevor, that people just don't realize. They want answers. I'm getting it from what we call archangels. They are the right hand of God. I don't get my answers from general spirit. I get it from them. Because the hierarchy of it is you have God or the higher power, whichever you want to call it. You have archangels. You have what's after that is called lesser angels. And people don't even know that. Lesser angels, they're not lesser angels. They're just, they have less responsibility than archangels do. Then you have spirit guides. <clears throat> then you have regular spirit. Then you have us because we're connected to a body. Then you have low negative energy spirit. So when I'm getting answers from archangels, I'm getting them from the right hand of God. So when I'm getting those answers, I'm getting it from God. It's just it's being relayed through them. The crazy part about it is people want answers from God. I get them answers from God, and then they try. They don't like it, and they try to turn it around. What sense does that make? You want you want to be you want to be guided by God or by angels, but once you get it, they don't like it. And they go, oh, I'm going to do something else instead. <clears throat> and then it turns around and screws up. Then they wonder why it turns right around and bites them right back, right? So. Oh, absolutely. Bites them right in the ass. <laughs> exactly. So it's like you got the answers you want, but you don't know what to do with it. So that's a good question. Next one is how do you yeah. guide people, or since you're sort of an advisor for people as well, how do you advise people on what to do with that information? Um, I try to guide them with it. Once I get the information for it, I have to interpret it for them. So it makes them easy. It makes it easier for them to understand because they bring me in. So when I get answers now, as I'm doing anything throughout my day, my, my thoughts are no longer mine. Only 25% of the thoughts that come into me now are mine. The other side, 75% are them. And that's, that's raising. It used to be in the very beginning. It was like 25 uh, them and 75 me, me, and it's now changing, and it changes all the time. <clears throat> they work on me. I see archangels around me at nighttime, see them all the time. Uh, they don't look like men with wings. They don't look, most of them don't look like men at all. Some of them look humanoid, but are not human. Most of the ones I see look like praying mantises. They look like 10-foot praying mantises standing around me. Uh, Archangel Michael looks like a hybrid type moose. Uh, he's got a wider head. He's got these eyes that look like wolf eyes. They're not blue like people think they are. 
His body kind of looks like a moose horse type thing, real short hair, and he has these big floppy ears. And that's what he looks like. Just, I can't make it up. That's just what he looks like. Uh, then I see all the prey mantises. I see all the other ones who look, like I said, humanoid, but not. Uh, I've seen one that looks like an owl. Uh, I do have one like Helen. Uh, she was actually a, a, an Egyptian princess because when I see her come through, um, <clears throat> I see her eyes and she has this mask on. It's all jeweled. It's all shiny jewels. Uh, I was watching TV one day. Uh, my wife and I were watching Ancient Aliens. And when we were watching that, they showed something in Egypt and all the stuff. And as soon as they showed that, I started getting this on top of my head. And I'm going, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? And she started touching my head. And I said, Helen, and then I got, yes, I said, I pointed to the TV and I said, does that have something to do with you? And I got, yes, 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 yes. I was like, that's from when you were alive? And she said, yes. And that's when I found out she was an Egyptian princess. And I said, Egypt? She said, yeah. I said, queen? No. Princess? Yes. Okay. So that's how I recognized her, but <clears throat> but yeah, I see her all the time. But yeah, uh, Jesus, I see Jesus all the time. When I went to bed last night, Jesus was right there. I've I've woken up a couple times from sleeping, and he was standing right next to me, uh, uh, next to my bed, and just glowing and beautiful. I mean, just he look he looks like um, like on the on the heaven on the cross. He looks like he's suffering. He doesn't look like that. Uh, he doesn't even look near that. Uh, his hair is not as long as they made it out to be. He looks a lot, a, lot, a lot different, but he still looks like him. You recognize him. Uh, but uh, but again, because they are pure energy at this point, they can manipulate themselves to look like whatever you, they need to show you so that you will recognize them. As well as like our parents, when you when you cross over into the light and go there, and if you get to remain there, you go back to being what we consider as the best time. Basically, you go back to looking like you were when you were 30 years old. But if they come through here, and for you to recognize them, if you recognize them when they were 80, they will manipulate themselves to look like that. So you will recognize them and pick up on the fact. And then they may change themselves a little bit. But yeah, they can do that just as well as negative energies can do the same thing. Because they talk to us in our minds. We hear them sometimes, but we most of the time we're hearing it in our minds. And that's why it sounds like it's coming into our ears. And that's how they talk to us. And because negative energies are what they are, they have to feed off of negative energy. And the more negative energy we produce, the more they can feed off of it. And if they come through and they see you there and they can do something to scare you, that will in turn make you think of like a demon or something like that. And then they can read your mind. They can pick up on that. They can manipulate themselves to look like a demon, which in turn will scare you again, which in turn will produce more negative energy, which in turn they will feed off of. And they will do that purposely so that that happens so they can feed off of that negative energy. But uh, but yeah, same with the positive ones. They, they hear everything that's going on in your mind and they try to add that's And that's, what, that's why we have spirit guides here to help us throughout our lives to help us make decisions. Yeah, it's all connected for sure. And I think Absolutely. that um, you're connected, like you were saying in the first show, that we're in the physical body, but we're connected with them as well. And yes, we're, we're connected. connected to step to step to step. So like we're all yes. connected, but yes. that communication is sometimes just hard to get flowing between each connection, right? The reason it's hard because people don't listen. Mm -hmm.
<laughs> and we don't listen that. to each other either. So. Yeah, we don't listen to each other. So how are we going to listen to Spirit? Yeah, we don't. We don't. Well, our 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 day is going by too quickly for us to realize what we're actually being told because we're being told things all any time that. And this is going to connect with every single person. They're going to know this when I say, any time that you're standing around and you get that whistling in your ears, that whistling is actually a message that's coming through them from them to your soul being told to your soul. And that's why, but you're picking up on it as a whistle. Everybody, when they, when they, now when they know that they're all going to know I'm being talked to by spirit. But again, you're just, it's like a dog whistle to us. A dog can hear it, but a dog can't make it out, but it can hear it. It's the same exact thing. Just, but we do get told things all the time, but we don't all pick up on it. But some of us do, some of us, and that's what they want us to do. They want us to do better at that by listening to the, or they show us signs, but we don't pick up on them. Some people do pick up on them. And then they, like when I was saying, when I ride my motorcycle and I ask them questions, they asked me, there was one day I wanted to go ride my motorcycle and I got, man, I'm going to go out for a ride today. And I got, no, I said, so you don't want me to go out and ride my bike at all today? No. Can I go later today? No. How about maybe like early evening? No. I said, you don't want me to go at all today? No. But I have to trust that those answers are, again, for the benefit of me. I sat around twiddling my thumbs all day long, you know, because I wanted to go ride my motorcycle. It was a beautiful day out in April, but, uh, and that rained for two weeks after that. But uh, I just have to trust it. And that's what we have to do. We, have, we get all these answers, but we have to learn to trust them as well. Yeah, and I think that's the big message out of today is get the messages, but you have to trust that they are the right messages for you to hear and Absolutely. act upon as well. So, but thank Absolutely. you very much, Daniel. I really appreciate you coming on today and talking about all this. Uh, like you said, it is a lot to process. So I hope people are tuning in today, um, understand what you're talking about and listen back to it later on as well so they can play that back as well. So. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it uh, for you being here and uh, listening to your story today. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, sir. Oh, this is an amazing story. So we'll have you back for sure at some point, and uh, we'll talk some more about that. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. And uh, that was Spirit Medium Daniel coming to us from the U.S., taking his time out today to be with us here on Haunting Live Podcast. And I appreciate him doing that. And he had an amazing story to tell and um, talk about what he does in the spiritual world and a lot to do with his connections as well there. So if you're new here, thank you very much. We are live on YouTube today. We're here each and every Sunday at 4 o'clock with a different person to interview that's in the mediumship field or in the paranormal field. And uh, just like today, you can tune in and watch our live interview and interact as well on YouTube by typing in any questions in chat or any comments that you have while we're live. Um, of course, you can leave comments afterwards as well if you watch this back later on. Uh, but please subscribe to our channel if you found this interesting. Uh, we do welcome you guys to subscribe. We have noticed that we've had a bunch of new subscribers on recently, so that's wonderful. Uh, we appreciate that very, very much. And don't forget also to like our videos. That helps us out here as well. So um, also don't forget to 
to check out our website. Our official website here is hauntinglivepodcast.com where we have all of our podcast past episodes. We have our YouTube link where you can watch all of our YouTube videos. You can check us out of who we are. We also have a merch store on our website where you can get spiritual merch that we have available such as crystals, cleansing materials, and stuff like that. Uh, that's all available through us here at hauntinglivepodcast.com as well. So go check out our spiritual merch that we have available for you guys to purchase. Um, other than that, we do say, uh, say thank you guys so much for tuning in to us here live on YouTube today. Uh, watch for the post later on. If you missed this live broadcast, you can watch it back later on, but you can also listen to it on the podcast apps. We do upload to the podcast apps as well, um, so you can check that out later on when you guys have time. But I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, again, big thank you to Spirit Medium Daniel for talking to us today from the U.S. Uh, he had a lot of great stories to tell about his journey through mediumship, uh, communicating with spirit, and of course the angels as well. So um, really interesting uh, guy that has a lot of interesting stories that he shared today with us here at Haunting Live. But with that, guys, we'll cut it here today. Uh, don't forget to follow us on all social media over on YouTube. We're live every Sunday right here. Uh, we are also on Facebook. We are also on Instagram and Twitter as well. So you can follow us anywhere you like. Uh, we do quite a few postings up on social media for you guys. So with that, that's about it. Um, enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in today. And uh, don't forget to tune in right back here next week for the next guest live interview here on Haunting Live Podcast. Have a great weekend, guys. I have been a medium or an intuitive since any of my family can remember. When I started talking, it wasn't always to people who were in the room. Well, I started off as revealing light tarot. I've um, moved more over the last four years, um, astrology and spiritualism. In a way, spiritualism goes back to my roots. I suppose my first gift I had, and I thought everybody knew, I thought this is a really bad one. I always knew when people were not telling the truth. And I thought everybody could do that. It was a bit of a shock afterwards when I found out that actually what I was doing, I was I was tapping into something else. So when I was a very young kid, I actually used to see some orbs in my room and dark, dark figures, and I, I was very afraid of the dark. It was right when I had like one computer in my house. Um, and I would go on and I Google ghosts and like look into it to see, understand them, but I would also get very freaked out.